1: Welcome to Healthcare Now with your hosts, Larry Jones and Dr. Mark Chayette. Want to become an educated healthcare consumer? Then join our discussion about all things healthcare and understand how to navigate our complex U.S. healthcare system. Now,
2: let's join our hosts in the Healthcare Now studios. Welcome to Healthcare Now. This is Doctor Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones. We're in the Healthcare Now studio starting a uh, Thursday broadcast. How you doing, Larry?
3: Dr. Mark, I'm doing well.
2: How about you? I'm good. I'm good. I tell you we got some interesting stuff. We kind of came out of the weekend thinking wasn't a lot of new news, and yeah. then all of a sudden the news feed changed, All of a sudden, Larry. boom. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. What do you want to talk like
3: about? Kind of like these hailstorms we're getting in Orlando right now.
2: Yeah, they've been around <laughs> us. I haven't, I haven't seen anything, so um, well, I'm, I'm going to we'll count, count myself rare. lucky.
3: I was on my way to a meeting in downtown Orlando Wednesday night, and I heard on the news... Baseball size hail in Claremont.
2: Yep, yep. Uh, I've the, never the pictures, even heard that term yeah, the, before. The pictures of the amount of literally ice yeah. covering lawns yeah. was yeah. just crazy, yeah. just crazy. But yeah, yeah now we'll uh, keep our roofs safe. Yeah. Uh, yep. So yeah, so there's some big, big, big news in healthcare. It just got announced, yep. and it's it's really it's fascinating. It's it's new enough that. I can't say as we uh, we have we have all the data yet, but yep. but basically you know throw it out there. it's hot off the press. You know, Kaiser
3: Permanente has been around for a long time.
2: Big, big, big. They company. Uh,
3: big uh, started out in California, right? Multiple <laughs> clinics, primary care, and specialty clinics, right? Urgent care, you name it, right? And hospitals. I think they own 39 hospitals across
2: the country now. Right. And they, they started out in California, but they've got they them did. in Virginia. And they're the everywhere. Coast. They're in mid, the, they're in the Midwest as yep. well. Right. And they're even in Atlanta, I believe. Yep, they do have a clinic there. Yep. So
3: a couple of weeks ago, they announced a new company called RISANT, R-I-S-A-N-T Health. Right. And RISANT Health was formed by Kaiser to operate nonprofit health systems for value-based care
2: models, right. So we should back up. So Kaiser Permanente mm-hmm. is a not-for-profit. It's right. privately owned, right? Correct. But it's a not-for-profit, and they take the profits to sort of direct what the ownership wants to do. So that's right. different. Right. That's that. That's not the same as a five hundred one c no. three. Five hundred one c three. And C3, so yeah. RISON will be yes. Right. Yeah. Ryzen, and yeah. And so the other thing that's interesting about Kaiser is Kaiser is its own insurance group, essentially. Yes. So you're you are a you're a member, a patient of Kaiser, yep. so you go. Yep. Kaiser is your in-network care, right? Right. So right. they they don't just compete with hospitals; they yep. compete with Aetna and Cigna and Blue Cross. I right. mean, that they, they, so it's so right. it's a very different entity than really any other entity. Yeah.
3: But the thing that's interesting is Kaiser when they announced the um, the Mer- launch the- of Ricent Health. Yes. They said we're going to invest five million Bil- into Ryzen billion, Health billion. Uh,
2: yeah, right? five billion, I'm billion. sorry. Yep. Mm-hmm.
3: In rising health over the next five years. Right. So they're and gonna then, they're gonna
2: acquire these yeah. other these would be nonprofits that they're gonna acquire and put into yeah. this new nonprofit. Yeah.
3: And so twenty-four hours later, they announced the acquisition of the biggest merger in hospital mergers and acquisition in history. They're gonna buy geisinger health systems right in pennsylvania right and
2: geisinger's like got 10 hospitals and yep. some clinics yep so it's not i mean it's not massive i mean it's well got they've a big got twenty
3: five thousand employees yeah 1700 physicians and right. 10
2: hospitals right 10 hospitals yeah, yeah. 10 hospitals. but i mean when you look at you know hca which is a for-profit hospital publicly yep. traded yeah they've got yep. nearly 200 hospitals exactly the catholic system's yep. pretty close yep. um you know so yep. so yep. that that's Interesting, but so their their Kaiser we said has about thirty five hospitals, 39, 39 this hospitals, forty nine. So yeah. yeah, but but they'll be separate. So Ryzen, they're gonna they're That's obviously right. going right. to acquire several other. Yeah entities into right. that risent to create right. this now correct. they're really the focus isn't just that it's a non-profit That's right. the focus is they want to expand their value-based care correct which we talk about every week every week and so which, we're doing the
3: same thing on right. the physician side
2: right without without yeah. doing the uh, big money yeah. acquisitions obviously
3: and they're indicating that this merger and on the value-based side alone under ricent will create a hundred million dollar organization
2: Right, so now, so it, the as we talk, as many mm-hmm. things we talk about, it starts to get a little more clear. Yeah. So Kaiser is an entity that basically a is large health a self self insured yeah. well, but, but it's true. more than that. Yeah. It it's a coverage group too. True. So I would yeah. assume that Ricent patients are going to have Kaiser coverage. Yeah. And and otherwise, value based doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Because well, if Kaiser, Kaiser has based, its
3: own health plan too, just like. Uh, I mean, uh, Geisinger has its own health plan, just like Kaiser does.
2: Right, you know? right. But so they're going to merge all that. Well, they have a health plan, but yeah. it's different than. I mean, it, it's not an, an entity. Like Geisinger doesn't really compete with the other insurers. No, no. Right. No. So they have just a, yeah. their own their own setup. But
3: Geisinger's right? health plan has a half a million members. Yeah, interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah that's yeah. pretty so that, big.
2: So that must be their CIN sort of setup. It is. Yeah, it, it is. Okay. So that 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 will be interesting how that how that plays out because the value based side. You know, we look at value-based side as a, a way for the systems to save money and create some revenue for the physicians that are providing the care. Right. Whereas these are right. all employed physicians, they can still Correct. benefit, yep. um, although our experience with with nonprofits that yep. employ physicians – Yep. Their physicians don't financially benefit much from these, these right. entities, right? Well,
3: one of the big senior healthcare care analysts at an organization called PitchBook that looks kind of, a, you know, over these things made a statement about this acquisition of Geyser. It said it's noteworthy because not only is it the largest health system merger almost ever, but also because it comes at a time when both federal and state regulators – have ratcheted up antitrust scrutiny over health system consolidation, Doctor Mark.
2: Right, and they worry about yeah. We've we've seen this in in uh, North Carolina. We've seen this. Uh, they worry about the insurance groups that are that have too much. North of insurance. Carolina was a big one. Yeah. 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 So so it's it is going to be kind of interesting because I mean when we look at it, forty hospitals. You know, that's a yeah. big system. I'm wondering but, if the
3: FTC is going to approve this.
2: I think they will because they're they're in an area where there's lots of competition. True. So I don't – it's it's not that big. It's not right? like a monopolizing right, thing. Right, right. And, yeah. and, you know, we, in California's got lots of – I mean, all the Kaiser in California has yeah. – if, if they were to buy a – something that was in california a big system right. in california right then i could see the ftc yep. stepping in and, and looking at that okay but, but since there are other competitors they don't have a monopoly and yep. certainly in pennsylvania i mean yep. there's yep. there are a number of big health systems yep. in pennsylvania right. that that are going to be able to compete yeah
3: well some of the analysts say that if this deal does close it's going to send shockwaves through the value-based care ecosystem and the reason is. In the, few, in the prior, they've all relied on venture capital and private equity-backed companies to buy primary care groups like we've talked about sure, for right. this whole program, like Agilon, Privia, and even Allidaid. But now we're talking about an entity that is being created for value-based care centered around health systems.
2: Right. I mean, it's definitely different, yeah. but but, yeah. but again, it's it's who's saving the money and where is it going? Yeah. And the yeah. fact that it's a nonprofit uh, and versus a not-for-profit. Like Kaiser Permanente, Permanente not-for-profit. Right, and this right. is going to be a non-profit entity, so they will have uh, tax things that are going to save save lots of dollars. right? right. So they'll be exempted for a number of taxes. And I'm guessing Geisinger is already a not-for-profit. They are. So That's I'm correct. sure, yeah. that because they're not going to buy any systems that they would have to try to convert. Yeah. And then the next question becomes, yeah. Is what's next? Where, yeah, will, where? The,
3: will the entity, Rice Health, is going to be a non-profit
2: Right, but, it, Helps but, but it's company. going to be built of several other That's companies, right. yep. and if you yep. if they were to buy a for profit, yeah. that then that that wouldn't yeah. fit in the picture. You know, right? I was
3: I was actually thinking who would be the next candidates for this type of thing, since they say they're going to buy four to five, and Geisinger's the first one.
2: So I would I would probably expect them to uh, geographically spread it out, so they don't worry yep. about these yep. antitrust issues. Yep. But at the same time, yeah. e- even though – I find it hard to believe that this is the biggest merger, okay, but – because it really isn't a total of 40 hospitals, 50 – is right. really – 49 yeah, hospitals. Yeah, 49 yeah. hospitals. And it,
3: HCA's got, what, 350 hospitals.
2: Yeah. They, I mean, yeah. I thought they were just around 200, but – 337, but 337, I 337. yeah. So, you know, if yeah. – if there was, I don't know. I mean, yeah. there, there, there are certain yeah. some, it, it's certainly big. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I didn't sure. see a price tag well, let me anywhere. give you, you a, another they, day. they announced the, the purchase price?
3: Uh, no, it said that the deal had not been disclosed. Yeah, yeah I got you. So I, I guess you. it's probably so new there. And I don't even know, they'll have to announce it. They will. Eventually. Yeah. But you know, the other thing is in the first quarter of 2023, there were 15 mergers and acquisitions. And compared to 17 in the fourth quarter of last year. So you're talking 15 and 17 that's what 32 large acquisitions of hospitals of hospital systems in healthcare in a matter of 6 months. Dr. Mark, is this good for healthcare?
2: Well, I mean, looking at the timing of that, I mean, we saw a lot of systems shut down during COVID. Yep. right? And or they were A lot uh, of hospitals lot went of, out of business. Yeah, a lot a lot of well, that's what I'm that's what yep. I'm talking about is, ho- yep. is hospitals and and some of them were acquired. Right. Some of them were picked up for for, you know, for low, right. low, low pennies on the uh, dollar. So I don't know if looking at that last quarter, if, if some of that was that merger, mm-hmm. um, it really it doesn't really make sense that there's it going in any direction now. I mean, just right. just the way right. the way the, the financial the financial arms yeah. swing. I think we were looking at the idea that value based care and and really areas of expertise in certain areas of care that would drive the market yeah and well, unfortunately i think the the business side of that is that well you know well we have to be a center of excellence and then my right. competitor is right. going to become a center of excellence That's right. so now we really don't have any centers that are truly the center of excellence so it must be a little bit of of you know if we can't build it we'll buy it
3: well it's interesting you're saying that because in 2022 kaiser reported a loss of 4.5 billion dollars and Geisinger reported a loss of eight hundred forty-two billion. Wow! Now the thing that 842 is interesting—million, million, not eight hundred forty-two million. Million, million, million. Okay, yeah. And Guy that was Geisinger and Kaiser. Kaiser four point five billion. Yeah, that makes sense. So when you think of the pressure on hospitals today, you know we all we we laugh and talk about the worst job in healthcare is the CFO of a hospital. Right, right, right. And the pressures continue to mount financially. On these large health systems, mm-hmm. I think this must be a way, just looking at this merger for these two organizations to get their act together
2: well i well, I have to say Kaiser has their act together they have they have a war chest of of monies, yeah. and I mean I think that's sort of part of their non profit side or their yeah. not for profit side is you know you yeah. can you can imagine if they were truly in, in trouble at yep. at a four billion yep. dollar loss you think they would be. But so that's you would think that's so. four four billion in yep. roughly forty yep. hospitals. Yep. Okay, so you spread that out. But they're going to turn around and they're going to buy another system. Yeah. Right. Yep. And you know they're not buying a system that they can't make think money. They can on. turn around. Right. So right. so well I, I don't know. I think a lot of that is reporting, right? Because hospitals are allowed to report losses that physicians aren't. Right. right. So right. so you know if somebody doesn't make make payments and and they they can say that well we chart our charges were this and right. our collections right. were that right. therefore this was our loss, right. you know. So I don't know. I think that's a that's a that's a tough question yeah. to answer. Just going off that pieces of data, yeah. And the fact that one's buying the other, kind of, you know, yeah. Well, you know, it's
3: kind of interesting. One of the FTC people were asked about this merger, yep. And the comment was, "Well, when you're looking at pursuing cross market mergers that don't compete with each other, yeah. it's not an issue." And you made that comment I just did. earlier, right.
2: Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so that makes sense. They're what are not you gonna a financial analyst that. now? I, I certainly <laughs> hope not. If I, if I am, I'm making a. <laughs> A living, Dr. At Mark. It. yeah, right. <laughs> so, no, but I, I think that's why I would say that Kaiser's next move would be in a market that's not in the Northeast and yep. not on the on the West Coast. So,
3: Doctor Mark, when we come back, we're going to talk about what Mark Cuban's doing in the pharmacy
2: industry. Basketball. Yeah, that's next. Right. Next up. We'll be right back.
1: You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry.
2: You've got Dr. Mark and Larry Jones in the Healthcare Now Studios. We're going to uh, pick up a new topic. Yeah. I, I really love Mark Cuban. I like I like talking yep. about Mark Cuban. Yep, Mark
3: Cuban's actually aims to disrupt that three hundred sixty-five billion
2: dollar pharmacy industry. Dr. Mark, yeah, he's been at this for years. He has and and yep. this is something that yep. that really. It's in the news here and there, right? And and, yeah. and I think the last time it was in, in the news, it was that President Biden was doing something to kind of screw over his efforts, right? Yep. Is that yep. am I right it's there? It's called
3: the Mark Cuban Cost Plus Drug Company,
2: right? Right. Tell That's us about the it. name of his yep, organization.
3: Right. Well, it says they seek to disrupt and try and get a broken pharma system in healthcare in line. Dr. Mark, we pay four to five times more for drugs than any other country in the world.
2: Right, and that's what he preaches is he he sees the cost of drugs in the United States as being so much more than elsewhere. So he's looking for ways to get around this totally legal, totally legit, and totally – I mean it's helping – Many, many people. I mean, yep. basically, he's fighting the PBMs. Let's remind That's the exactly listeners the whole right. PBM. Yeah. yeah. Pharmacy
3: benefit managers. Right. And if you recall, over our show time, we've talked about there are about four companies in America yep. that control over 80% of all prescriptions written right. in
2: America. And they're they're the, they're the middlemen. And they well. mark
3: it up. Mm-hmm. They take the rebates from the major pharma companies, and they don't pass it on to the consumer.
2: Correct. Correct. And we see that here in the U.S. Yep. And that, that is one of the... Several reasons that that our pricing is so high. Yep. So so Mr. Cuban has has yep. used his people, yep. his finance to get smart people together and put yep. together this entity. And I mean, it's it's a great plan, honestly. Oh well, and, let me
3: give you some facts about it.
2: All right, we talk about one pill, yep. metformin
3: for yes. diabetes. Yep, metformin costs five hundred dollars a
2: month, and this is not. A new drug? No, this it's been, been around, a around a long for and time. it's used yeah. for
3: a lot of things other than just diabetes. Too. Sure, sure. Mark Cuban's company sells that same prescription for forty six dollars and twenty cents.
2: Yep, so yep, better more than a ten times savings. Can
3: you imagine? Right, it's better right. than ten times saving. Yep. But also, his company offers 300, 350 prescription drugs, and a lot of them are probably generic. Sure, at a fifth fixed cost plus. 15% margin, right. making these drugs significantly cheaper than almost all other retail drugs in
2: America. Yeah, I mean, because most of them are, are a, a multitude of several hundred percent That's right. over cost. That's right. Yep.
3: Especially when they go through the PBMs.
2: Right. So, yep. so what was the restriction – from the White House. So they said so they couldn't do it because of the source that the drugs were coming in from out of, out of the country. Yeah, I, I mean, because you, you remember the, was, the Canadian
3: yeah. thing yeah, and, yeah. and the unsafe and unreliable right. quality of the meds right. and all. That's what that no was backup. all about. They just threw him into that yeah, same bucket. Gotcha.
2: Gotcha. I remember that pretty clearly. But but then they turned around and came up with a Biden yep. plan yep. to bring in some cheaper drugs. Yep. Right. Well,
3: he's been able to, particularly in Texas where he is i guess yes uh, has been able to do some some real significant things but it estimated that if medicare had used his program in 2022 right they would have saved three point six in twenty twenty. They would have saved three point six billion dollars on pharma
2: cost. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's serious? No, it is. It is. No, you it, know, it's really fun because you know Mark Cuban's done so. You know, he made yep. he made his money in the uh, in 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 tax We could get and, him on the what, show. I, you know, I tell you, I can well, call. You can call. You call. Well, <laughs> yeah. well, I do know one of his assistant coaches yeah. really well. He's a good friend oh, of wow. mine. Okay, but I don't know if that's going to be enough pull. That's going to be enough pull. I mean, I've got, I've gotten to see him when yeah. the when the Mavericks come to town because yeah. you know he travels. Okay. he yep. travels. And he does. And he goes maybe the because
3: games. of uh, you know health care now and our purpose and mission, maybe we can get him on the show.
2: I tell you that'd be a, that'd be a big reach, but I'd love it. He'd, I will, he'd be amazing. I will try, Doctor okay. Mark. Okay, all right. Okay. Oh, well, yep. good. Go for it. Go you know for the
3: other thing. A significant number of. What goes on in healthcare care and in our economy is stress costs our U.S. economy $300 billion a year, according to the American Psychological Association. And a lot of that comes with drugs. And the reason is 65% of households in America state that they are under stress because they anguish over accessing the pharma they need.
2: Gotcha. Gotcha. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I can see yeah. that. No, for sure. For sure. Yeah. No, the, the, the cost of medications, I mean, on the one hand, we see the development of some just amazing medications yep. that yep. can really help people suffering. Yep. But then you turn around and look at the cost of these things. Yep. And yep. it's, well, it's Alzheimer's almost like is
3: a perfect example. It of is. That. It yeah. is.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, if it's not going to get, if it's not going to get covered, if it's not affordable, and yeah. then it, it's almost yeah. like, you know, it's, it's a tease. Yeah. Well, you know, know it's
3: interesting, though. There was a stat came out the other day while we're talking about particular pharma. Medicare spends an additional $18,250 per Medicare beneficiary who has the same chronic illnesses as the other person, but also has dementia or Alzheimer's.
2: So clear that up. So okay. if, if if they, yeah. In other lost words, me. if
3: you're Medicare yep. and you have all the, the same chronic illnesses as I do. Right. But I also have dementia or Alzheimer's. Yep. On average, Medicare is going to spend over $18,000 more for my care. Oh, every okay. Year. I think you had that backwards. Okay. That, with that, me? that makes yep. sense okay. now. Okay.
2: Yep. So, and so,
3: so that all plays into what you're talking about, these meds.
2: Right. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, it is. It's the it's the medication cost. But just the whole idea that, you know, we can we can tout all these great developments and whatnot, but the costs have to be got to be considered. And and even if it's even if you say, well, you know, what does that cost the patient? I mean, a lot of times the patient has no access to it. Right. Right. They're not. I mean, if you asked if you get told somebody they got to spend an extra twenty thousand dollars on medications, that is that's going to. That's going to break many families. Sure. sure. Well, so. you know,
3: I can give you two drugs in particular that we've kind of mentioned on the show. Mm-hmm. Eloquist is right, one. Right. You go and buy Eloquist five hundred dollars a month. Wow. Yeah. Trilogy is another one for COPD. Right. It's a inhaler. Right. Over six hundred dollars a month.
2: Yep. Yep.
3: How do people afford that?
2: I don't think they do. I mean, I don't yeah. think they do. I, and yeah. and I don't know if the, if that's the idea between what Mr. Cuban's working on, yep, yep. Uh, or just really, it has to be, we we preach this a lot, right? I mean, yep. we, that there's these ridiculous costs. We get that we want these companies to keep in drug development. Absolutely. We understand R&D. that costs yep. money. Right. But if we need to distribute that cost worldwide, because these drugs are sold yep. worldwide, yep. that makes a lot more sense yep. than what we're doing today, yep. and we're just distributing those costs yep. on, on American dollars. Well it's
3: estimated that one out of every two Americans think twice when they go buy their drugs that they need each month versus buying groceries. Well yeah, you can't one can. out of two, Dr. Mark.
2: You know, especially when so many of these medications they don't necessarily make you feel better, right? Like an antihypertensive, yeah. You don't feel that your blood pressure is normal. Right. So that's, that's probably the number one medication that gets left at the pharmacy and not purchased. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody's yep. copay just, just went up 10 bucks. They're yep. going to walk away and say, you know what? I, uh, I yep. didn't feel any different when I took yep. it anyway. So I'm going right, to let that right. be, you know, whereas, you know, when you go with, with the uh, drugs for diabetes, I mean, if you don't have your insulin, you're going to end out in the hospital. Right. Yep. So, so that's, I don't know that one's one's better than the other, but I mean it's 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 frightening.
3: You know, you know, I've always preached about well, if you're on a maintenance drug, do you do mail order pharmacy and get it for ninety days or do you go each month and buy it at your pharmacy? Uh-huh. The one thing you can do is you save one of those three months copay if you buy it through mail order. So gotcha. you pay two months copay for three months supply. If you do it at the retail you store, three. you pay all three. Gotcha. But it was it was found that people that are on maintenance drugs, mm-hmm. normally if their meds are changed, it's costing our health care system $20 billion a year on wasted drugs that are prescribed, gotten from a mail order,
2: and never used. Oh, so they, they do the three $20 months. $20 billion yeah, yeah. a year, Dr. Mark. Yeah, you know, I mean, those kind of – I kind of wonder where where that – where is that money coming from? You know is that is that the insurance company well, the saying that they the, Yeah,
3: the payers yeah. are paying it. Yeah. yeah
2: so and the, and the people aren't using them. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I, I don't I don't know I don't know how you work around that other than Well, I I the, say stop mail order drugs. Yeah. That's just Larry's opinion. Well, but I mean yeah. but then then the cost goes right on the consumer. It does. Right? So yeah. and the convenience aspect Convenience is is a big deal. Now what about yeah. when you do a 3 month prescription that you pick up at your pharmacy? You, you spend you, uh, your co- you, copay, your regular uh, three month copay? Yeah,
3: you just pay whatever the copay
2: is for that 90 for that day supply. 90 days, okay. Yeah, so there's yeah. no savings there. Yeah, yeah. yeah okay.
3: But normally on the mail
2: order, they send you each 30 day every month. And where's the mail order coming from? Is it coming from the pharmacies? It or? could come from a PBM, yeah. Yep, gotcha. Express
3: gotcha. Pharmacy, Express Scripts is a mm-hmm, big one, mm-hmm. and and many others. Right. They're all over the place.
2: So where does the fault lie there? I mean, in a, in a sense, it, it lies with the physician that's writing the script. I mean, unless there's a, and, a ma- yeah. major reason to make Actually, the change.
3: in my opinion, because we do value-based care and we do medication reconciliation all the time right. when we're in the home with a patient or when we do transition to uh-huh. care, many times it's on the patient, Dr. Mark, or the caregiver that says, wait a minute, I've got these other five meds. They're still coming, but I don't take them anymore.
2: Gotcha, gotcha. And, and
3: the waste is there, and it's sitting on the bedside table.
2: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so that yeah, – I mean, I guess med reconciliation, which yeah. is something that Medicare yeah. pays for.
3: Oh, big time. And it's one of our big quality metrics
2: right. and, in everything and that,
3: we do in value-based and you, care. And
2: you've been describing exactly why, yeah, right? Because exactly. if you can get people to not, not A, not miss medications that they right. should be taking, right. and B, yeah. not get medications that they're not taking and don't need. And then the third piece of that is
3: medication contraindication. Right. That's a big
2: deal. I asked some
3: of our hospitalist groups a while back, what is one of the big reasons people end up in the ER? And you know what it is? Contraindication to meds.
2: You mean they're taking two meds that they shouldn't take together?
3: In other words – my doctor prescribed me a new med. I'm taking it. Oh, he didn't tell me not to take the old med, so I'm taking it to and I end up in the
2: ER. Oh, you're saying contraindication? But you're contraindication. saying contraindication. Well, yeah. I don't think that's the right word. Larry. Is that not the right <laughs> no, word? I don't think so. So We're you're s- you're just saying that they're they're taking it's a medical error they're t- that they're yeah. taking yeah the o- overtaking yeah. two Like like yeah. let's say yeah. back to the blood pressure How about
3: reaction to meds.
2: Yeah. Is that a better word? No, I don't like no, it either. Larry. I'm, I'm like going to take you all the way to well, <laughs> they call it
3: uh, in in value base. They call it contraindication of drugs.
2: Yeah, so I guess what they're, In the they're saying is, is that that they don't. You're, you're taking a medication that you're not supposed to take on because, top of
3: one that is uh, adverse to that medication.
2: Okay, well that's a contraindication. But if you're but right. if you're taking a, yeah. a blood pressure medication, yeah. and then they change your blood pressure medication. You're taking two blood pressure medications, yeah, as yeah. opposed to if you're taking yeah. a drug that'll yeah. interact with another drug. Well, that's
3: what I'm talking okay, about. The right. adverse. So that is contraindication.
2: So, so. Right? the adverse. I'm not going to give it to you. We're going <laughs> to we're going to we're going to have to we have to end the uh, go to the uh, break here. With, I love it. Well, maybe we'll look it up. Yeah. So uh, yeah, well, it was a good good conversation today. Yeah. I think you know, Mr. Cuban is on to something. Yes. And yes. Uh, I would hope that uh, you know, and he doesn't scream from the mountaintops about no, this. You know, not. he's just doing it for he's for been good. very
3: low profile about yeah. this whole yeah. thing.
2: All right. Well, I think we'll talk about them again soon. Absolutely.
1: You're listening to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now, the truth about U.S. healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark
2: and Larry. Welcome to Healthcare Now. This is Dr. Mark. I'm here with Larry Jones in the Healthcare Now studios. And it is the month of May. It is. And Monday is May. Oh, Monday's May. That's right. It's Monday's coming up. May. Monday's May. Yep. And May is both mental health month. Yes. And it's also Stroke
3: Month, Stroke Awareness stroke Month, awareness and month. Mental Health Awareness I, Month.
2: it wouldn't be Stroke Month because we don't want yeah. people to have no. stroke. Stroke Awareness, it be awareness Month. month. <laughs> yeah. So, so let's yeah. let's chat about the. Uh, yeah. Let's start with the uh, Stroke Awareness. What's yeah. that? What's that all about?
3: You know, in 2020, one in six deaths from cardiovascular disease was due to a stroke. Doctor Mark. Hmm. Every forty seconds, someone in America, in the U.S., has a stroke, and every three and a half minutes. Someone dies from a stroke wow. in the U.S. So big numbers. Big, big numbers. And let's talk about vitals, Dr. Mark. Okay. You know, we talk about all the time, get your annual wellness visit, Right. get your basics, which include blood pressure and all these other things. Talk about how important your vitals are. to Your vital signs. Your vital signs. Yeah. Your vital signs
2: are. I'm going to teach you medicine before we're it. done. Hey. Before we're done. Hey. We're I'm know. halfway there. Yeah, yeah right, right. <laughs> So, Talk
3: about how vital signs are well, important. Well, I,
2: I think what yeah. you're you're tapping on the door mm-hmm. at is is with strokes. Like some strokes are going to be the result of hypertension. Right. Right. Not right. all strokes. Not some all strokes. Not all. So so if you go in and you see your doctor and your blood pressure is elevated, that's something that they want to address. So that's one of the things we test. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and I think one of the things that happens is your blood pressure can be elevated. Just because of a situation, right, right, right. So what's really important is like what, when we're on this show, exactly. Start talking about, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, but all those big dollars, right? And we talked about start talking about hospital employment and exactly, uh, yeah, right, right. Exactly. But but if you're looking at your blood pressure when you are relaxed, okay, right. Your blood pressure, frankly, when you're sleeping, right, right. So if it is elevated, mm-hmm. you're stressing your cardiovascular system, okay and you're increasing your risk of... explain
3: stressing your cardiovascular system, Dr.
2: So your heart's a muscle, and if you're overworking that muscle, then when it should be resting, you may see changes in the heart where there's certain areas of the heart that enlarge, Mm -hmm. and and actually, unlike other muscles, if you get the the heart starts to enlarge, I mean, that can be a really dangerous thing. Now, stroke uh, that is related to blood pressure is related to elevated blood pressure okay. and so so that's sort of a different thing than that chronic yep. elevation okay it's more episodic goes up high and then you can you can have stroke issues but either way the hint that this is going on is not typically oh i got a little headache right, right. now if you're having a stroke that can that's a lot of signs and we're but, going to talk but, about but, some but of we're, those we're signs. talking about ways to avoid this occurring that's right and that's okay. by going to your wellness visit and and finding out that your blood pressure is a little elevated, yep. and then what what's the first thing you do? Well, maybe it's not get on a medication. Right. Maybe it's you know what I got to get a blood pressure uh, device, and I need to take my yeah. blood pressure at home because I was yeah. kind of worked up. I was yeah. at I was at the doctor. I was running late. I didn't yeah. sit for a while. so maybe that's all it is.
3: They've got these automatic things now that you don't they have work to be really a nurse
2: well. or a, yeah. a med they tech work really to well. take them. Yeah, right. And you can yeah. even get them that will. Keep a recording, you know, okay. on, yep. an app on your phone, okay. and you can go in and the, show True. the doctor, like, oh, here's yep. here's my pattern. And that's when you decide whether or not you need to intervene with yep. the medication.
3: You, Dr. Mark, every year, more than 795,000 people in the U.S. have a stroke. But it's interesting that 610,000 of those 795,000 have a stroke for the first time. Right. So – about 185 thousand strokes a year. Nearly one in four strokes that happen are in people who have already had a
2: previous stroke. So one in four. Yeah. So that's yeah. a chronic thing, right. right? And well, some people have a yeah. have a stroke that that they, they only have one. I mean, if yep. you have a major yep. stroke, I mean, that's yep. a it's a huge yep. huge number of causes of deaths. In-
3: now we're going to call on Doctor Marks Medical. Uh, see, yes, yeah, see, uh, eighty-seven percent of I'm a pediatric. Surgeon. I know, but you know surgery. this: eighty-seven percent of all strokes are considered ischemic right in which blood flows to the brain is blocked right. you want to talk about that dr mark so
2: you know you, you just explained it so okay. so basically you've got things you, you know we've got sort of the pipelines of our body are the vessels right so if you have a buildup of cholesterol or atherosclerosis mm-hmm. you can make some of these arteries that are already small much smaller mm-hmm. and if something either blocks that artery like a a clot okay. or a piece of this debris that's plaque that's black black right? okay um at the at some point you know the the vessel gets smaller and smaller as it goes to the tissue it's serving okay. at some point it's blocked off and whatever's on the other side that was waiting for the blood to come through mm-hmm. is now ischemic it's not getting any blood flow okay. no blood flow means no oxygen no oxygen you. means it's going to die so okay. if that okay. tissue is in your brain you've just had an ischemic stroke i got you okay so ischemic means lack of blood. Lack of blood. I got right. you. Okay, good. So learn something today. So the other kind of stroke is a hemorrhagic stroke. Okay. Okay. Explain and in a hemorrhagic that. stroke, there, the blood gets to that portion of brain tissue, but then leaves the blood like vessel. Like blood, blood bleed. Blood, blood bleed. Like blood so. Bleed? With hypertension, okay. I got you're, you. you're overwhelming that vessel's ability to withhold that that pressure and now you've got blood escaping into the soft tissues of the brain so you have a hemorrhagic stroke see dr mark i knew you knew this stuff yeah but i could be wrong you know i just make it sound like i know what i'm
3: talking about the cost of stroke care in america every year is over 50 billion dollars
2: 50 billion 50
3: billion and that includes not only the care the medicines that we deal with stroke, but also missed days of work. Right, sure, sure. A lot of that going on.
2: Yeah, yeah. you always have to look. Yeah. When we, we talk about all these medical diseases that keep people yeah. out of their level of productivity, yeah. earning for their family, I yeah. mean, that, that all adds right. up, right? Right. So a few years back, probably more like decades at this point, it was recognized that the biggest difference you could make for mm-hmm. stroke and heart attack is that early intervention. Okay. Right. So now hospitals typically have their so stroke. So what does that
3: med when you go to the ER with a stroke? They give you within the first three hours, and it's supposedly. Well, see now you're at, a lot.
2: Well, I, you know no, what I'm talking no, about. No, I know. Oh, you know. Because okay. it, it all okay. depends on what kind of stroke you're going to get, right? Oh, okay. okay. So the idea okay. is they have they have set up systems of of care teams mm-hmm. that when you go in and you complain of chest pain, they're going to do this whole cardiac workup, right? right? And if you complain of headache or you have a neurologic change. They're going to immediately get you. You're, you become first in line for the CT scan to see if you've had a stroke. Because then, if it is an ischemic stroke, the drug you're talking about is mm-hmm. something that thins the blood. I got right? you. So, but if it's a hemorrhagic stroke, that's the opposite of what right. you need. Right. So that's based. why. Right. So, yeah. so you have to. It's the response to the stroke. I got you. And and the response, whatever the treatment is, and they're very very varied treatments. Right are going to, it's going to be really related to the outcome based on how many minutes pass between the time it happens and and the time it's discovered and treated.
3: So you're going to laugh at this question, Dr. Mark. So if overstressing the health, the heart system can create a stroke.
2: No, no, no. That's not what I said. Okay. That's not what you said. But the
3: question is, how does cardio and exercise play into
2: this? Right. So in a positive way, right? So when you work out. Your blood pressure does go up, right? And that it's going up appropriately, okay? Right? And your your blood pressure, your cardiac output goes up. You're exercising your heart. You're absolutely, and that's good for the system. That's good for the system, okay? Because you're not. You can't just look at the one organ. You can't say, well, you know, I'm working on my. You Mm -hmm. you are exercising. It's affecting your entire body, and your body is is working with Mm -hmm. that. Can you have a stroke while working out? Yes. Can you have a heart attack while working out? Yes, because if you have the blockage, and, you know, we're kind of mixing beans in here when we're I'll talking about, yep. about ischemia yep. in the brain versus ischemia yep. in the heart. So if you have a blockage in your heart and you start working out mm-hmm. and you get chest pain, that's a stress test, right? Okay. So that is an indication that you do have a partial blockage in the vessels mm-hmm. that feed the heart, and so you can't work out vigorously okay. and, and, and be without having that addressed. Right. So that can be the first time the heart now that in So you have stroke, to know your stroke, history if you're doing yeah, that. Stroke yeah. Stroke is, is, is a different animal completely. Okay. And you know but if you are having issues with blood pressure and you have damaged the vessels mm-hmm. in, in your brain and you elevate your blood pressure, that mm-hmm. that can lead to the problem. Yeah. Well, but a lot of strokes are also embolic strokes or okay. clots that go okay. in. So we talked about the the most common arrhythmia is AFib, atrial fibrillation, right, and right. in atrial fibrillation, you can you can develop clots. We talked atrium. about how AFib right.
3: can lead to a stroke, right? We've so that's a that that's an
2: embolic stroke, okay. And so okay. an okay. embolism is something that travels in the vessels, right. and so right. that clot, which is a soft, you know, soft piece of gel, okay. right, ends out going into your brain and blocking blood flow. I got you. So then you're going to have okay. an ischemic stroke. Yeah. Because okay. of this clot, this clot. Yeah, mean,
3: one of the stats that I looked at on this stroke thing was stroke is a leading cause of serious long-term disability, more so with people over age 65 than younger people.
2: Well, I mean, you're... Explain you're, that a little well, bit. Well, I mean, like heart attack and stroke is more common in, in older folks. Right, I, right, that's, right. I mean, that, that right. kind of goes along because yeah. it, it can happen if you, like everything else, if you have a history of heart disease or stroke mm-hmm. in your family... Then you need to worry about it yep. at a younger age, yep. right? So, so, but that that yeah. typically you're you're going to see that in, in the older population. Yeah,
3: and and you know it's interesting when we talk about stroke, you almost have to talk about heart disease. Yeah, I know we did. We kind of, of on we, yeah, we're yeah. talking about this. Yeah. Is, it's,
2: it's stroke awareness month. Yeah, but yeah, you can it's almost, really heart disease as well. And uh, honestly, you know that it's all vascular disease. Okay, and so if you have one issue, you're going to often have others. We talk about. Like peripheral vascular disease, which probably has its own month, I don't know, but right. so that's where yep. blood flow to your extremities, like to, okay. your, to your toes. Okay. Uh, so people who have had issues with uh, with amputations mm-hmm. have a much higher associated risk for heart attack. Okay. and it's not that one causes the other it's that they're both caused by the same problems interesting and so so okay. those things tend to go together so people i didn't
3: realize amputees had were
2: higher risk for heart attacks sure absolutely i did not realize absolutely. that. Yep. that's something yeah yep. so yep. so so it's the reason for the amputation right? okay and so the the overwhelming reason for the amputations in our population Mm -hmm. is peripheral vascular disease. And if you have peripheral vascular disease, you probably have some coronary artery disease, and you probably also have some disease in the, the arteries in your brain. Yeah.
3: You know, we're going to talk a couple more minutes about stroke because May is Stroke Awareness Month. One of the most common symptoms recognized prior to a stroke is numbness on one side or the other, Dr. Mark.
2: OK, so that's a, that's, a, that's it said a, over
3: 90 percent of people that experienced a stroke experience that.
2: Well, I wonder, you know, because I would I would say that, you know, you wake up because you slept on your arm wrong and you're a little numb. Yeah. Right. So it must be a little numbness and dysfunction.
3: Dysfunction. Uh, yeah, probably. So, yeah. yeah okay, some of the other things sense. that
2: people find is is they have a uh, speech issues. Um, you right. Know, you, you do right. hear a lot of times. I, I mean, and depending on what part of the brain is affected you might okay. be able to communicate in one manner, but not through speech. Um, mm-hmm. You know, but but so it all depends yeah. on where the stroke is. If it's in the motor strip of your brain, then you're going to have weakness. Yeah.
3: Well, they do talk about speech disability. They also also talk about face drooping mm-hmm. and even arm weakness.
2: Right. So the real message as we kind of go to break is that mm-hmm. if you notice any of these things, you need to be evaluated immediately yep. because the sooner intervention occurs. The the more likely you'll have a have a full recovery.
3: The fast warning signs, it's call nine one one.
2: Yep, absolutely. Or go to the ER. Well, when we come back, we're going to talk about mental health. Right. This is the uh, the other May healthcare month. Yep. And month yep. uh, mental health month. Absolutely. We'll be right back.
1: You're listening to Healthcare Now: The Truth About U.S. Healthcare. We're going to a break, and when we come back, we'll continue our discussion on all things healthcare with Dr. Mark and Larry. Welcome back to Healthcare Now: The Truth About US Healthcare. And now let's head back into the Healthcare Now studios with Dr. Mark and Larry.
2: You have found Dr. Mark and Larry Jones in the Healthcare Now studios and we just finished a uh, long conversation with uh, some some degree of accuracy I certainly hope on stroke awareness. Uh, and so we want to talk about yep. mental health awareness month. Yeah,
3: May is also mental health awareness month. And you would think these two topics—mental awareness on stroke and awareness on mental health—would be separate months because these are big topics.
2: Well, you know what I'm thinking is, you know, you only got 12 months, right? That's right. And and on, got 18,000 on
3: chronic illnesses.
2: Right. On the one hand, you could we we, we started talking about stroke, yep. and it, it led us right to. Heart attacks, heart, heart right? disease, yep, and yep. and those two go together, yep. But they get separate months. That's so right. I don't know who who picks these months, Larry. It's not Hallmark because uh, you don't give anybody a card for yeah. this. Um, I, I wonder. I wonder if if it's uh if it's something that the uh, FDA. I, I don't know. HSS. Some somebody comes up with these different months. But all in all, I mean, it makes good sense uh, to sort of. I don't want to say market, but but pick a time when you can focus on the awareness of of different disease groups and from the government side it uh, makes good sense that they look at things that are common and costly and probably as importantly are preventable right so we look at these things and for for stroke it's definitely early intervention helps for mental health it's a, such a huge problem yep. that that right. it affects nearly every household yep. in america right
3: well your your question- your answer to your question Medicom health, which is a national health care watch dog group, they put out this healthcare care calendar every year
2: all right we're gonna have to uh do a deep dive on on well, who medicom they are. health medicom health okay. Medicom health well medicom health yep. says that uh Part part two of uh, of May is going to be right. mental health awareness, and yes. we've talked about oh. mental health awareness on many many shows, and, it, and, it, and 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 I think that it is a a national conversation without that was was spurned by by COVID, uh, without which a is, doubt. Which is it, it's yep. been about I don't know if we can come up with a short list of of positive effects from COVID, but one of them yep. is yep. that. Access to mental health care and telehealth has increased. Well, using yep. telehealth, using telehealth, and yep. so yep. so it's really increased. And I can tell you that the number of physicians going into mm-hmm. the field has increased. Yes, we're right? going to talk about and primary so, care access. All, all yep. those all those areas are you know really really important. Yep, and I mean I, I think that that the we always beg the question of you know is the has the need. Gotten yep. larger, or is it the recognition yep. of the need? And, right, and quite frankly, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The need is yep. there. It does, right? and
3: I can tell you, with our, we manage about 70 seventy, eighty thousand lives, Doctor Mark. Right, and last year, our number one reason for ER visits was a mental health.
2: Wow, and see, and, and, and ER is not the place to, to go. Used to be low
3: back pain, right. gastric. Yep. Uh, respiratory, yep. and now it's all mental health. Yep. And one in five U.S. adults experience some type of a mental health illness each year. One in 20 adults experience serious mental health illness in a year. And I think the issue that we have talked about on this show so many times is our primary care physicians really aren't adept in treating these patients.
2: Well, I mean, I, th- I think that's that's changing. It is changing. Uh, I think that's yep. changing. it's changing. And I think it was, it was two problems, and they were kind of related, is initially in the training for primary care, um, perhaps it wasn't really high, high on the list, right? Right. And since it wasn't high on the list, not only did you have people that weren't used to interacting and, and doing right. actual care for mental health, they also – weren't necessarily adept at who needs to be referred, right? Right. right. And so, That's you know, in primary care, they have a, a huge, responsibility huge responsibility of of looking at the whole picture yep. and knowing where to go next. Yep. Yep. Um, and, and in some circumstances, they may be mm-hmm. the only person that this, this patient can get to yep. for their mental health well, care. Well, let
3: me tell you what we've done within our own organization. Right. We have engaged an organization called Rose Health. Rose Health. R-O-S-E, Rose Health out of Jacksonville. They have a mental health app. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing is we have identified 2,000 patients within our one of our value-based programs. I won't say which payer it is. Right. And we've identified it through CPT codes and through drugs like depression and anxiety. Right. And we have given those patient lists to Rose Health, tying the PCP in and seeing if they can help this patient, on an outpatient basis, and assist the
2: physician in managing these patients. So, how does that work? It's a physician referral. Yes, and a a, so the physician to talks Rose. to talks to the patient yep. says, "I'm going to refer you to Rose yep. Health." Yep, and they're going to reach out, or yep. you're going to download an Actually, app. Actually,
3: it's an IPA referral.
2: It's an IPA referral yeah, because yeah.
3: we're responsible for these patients.
2: Gotcha, gotcha. And, and,
3: and we've tied it in with the payer,
2: right, agreeing
3: to do this, right. So now it's about identifying the patients. Who are assigned to those PCPs, getting them engaged, and then Rose makes a contact to the patient.
2: Gotcha, you. Gotcha. Interesting. It's Interesting. very,
3: very good. But, you know, the other thing, when you talk about the percentages, let's talk about numbers. Mm-hmm. 57 million people in America experience mental health every year, and 14 million it's,
2: experience mental health problems. A yep. mental health,
3: pro- a mental yep. health event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But 14 million are considered serious
2: mental illnesses. Now, does that mean hospitalization? Yeah, or, hospitalization okay. right. or
3: inpatient. But then let's go back, and I don't want to get political, but every time we have a mass shooting in a, in the U.S., and we've had 23 of them since January 1, right. they always go back to, well, it's a mental health problem.
2: Right. Well, I mean, on the one hand— And it probably is. It's it, it stress, it, and yep. it creates yep. mental health issues. Yeah and anxiety on on people that that even see it on television without a doubt i mean there's yep. there's no question yeah there was a, there was something on the news just the other night where they talked about that's sort of the first evaluation they want to go to yep. is yep. what was the the mental health stat and to be fair though larry anyone who's taking trying to somebody else's life i right, right. know that but but anyone anyone who's going to go out there and and kill people, kill people yeah. Yeah. is is not stable exactly right? exactly and and so the question becomes as we get better at identifying and interacting with those that have issues yep. you know there are a lot of benefits here not yep. only to that individual but to all the individuals yep. around them right right and right. The, the mass right. shooting thing is definitely a that's a a uh you know an extreme yeah. example yep. of of the issue but yep. But cer- well, you certainly you know
3: it goes back to that comment about see something say something, dr. Mark, yeah, when you see people are struggling or you've got family members that you yep. know are struggling, you got to do something
2: about there is it. yeah and in retrospect, you can uh-huh. almost all you can predict a lot of things you yeah. know, looking backwards yeah. Yeah. but uh but mental health is it's yep. it has to be better on your self evaluation yep, and at the same time people that are around you but one of the one of the problems with that is many folks who are struggling are very set off to themselves and they're, you know, they're not going to reach out for help. And I think, you know, there was some stigma uh, uh, with it and that's why things like mental health awareness month is so important because now I do feel like as a general population, we're much better at talking about mental health disease. It's come a long way in the last five years. Yeah. So, so I think that that's, that's a positive thing. I don't, I don't see or foresee Mm -hmm. any, big, you know, backwards yeah. roles with this. Yeah. And as we get more providers yeah. involved, that's that's definitely going to be yeah. the way to do things. Well, this may be a little bit uh, more of
3: in your personal practice when you were uh, doing pediatric surgery. When you were treating these kids, and I realized it was a surgical procedure, did you identify at times this patient or this child has a real problem? Have so, you, did that ever... Happen in your I mean, practice?
2: You you definitely recognize mm-hmm. uh, anxiety. You definitely okay. recognize you know the usually the pediatricians have already interacted because okay. if you think about it, okay. every one of my referrals comes from a pediatrician, right? Right. right. So their primary That's right. care. That's right. And they're yep. identifying these issues. Right now, there's one. You're, a lot of, you're there's there for a little, specific yeah, reasons. There, there's yep. a lot of overdiagnosis. Mm-hmm. And and that's why people need to have specific training because it's not fair to have a, a one time interaction with a child or an adult mm-hmm. and come out with your immediate diagnosis, mm-hmm. right? And I think there's a lot of dangers with that, which is why we we want healthcare providers mm-hmm. to be out there and accessible so people aren't aren't just you know tr- trying to treat things on their own, right? Right. right? And so that that that's really that's really the the important part is is what are we looking for. Yep. Of, of accessibility and how do we make the bar really low for somebody yep. to reach out?
3: Well, let me. They, they talked about prevalence of mental health among U.S. adults, and I want to just give you seven categories, Doctor Mark, and then maybe we can talk about a couple of them because I know we're running out of time. Obviously, schizophrenia, but that's less than one percent of these mental health people. Sure, and but that's serious.
2: Well, it, yep. it is, yep. and it and it's it it does account for a large percentage of certain populations that we see. Right. And it's right. certainly one of those things that, you know, people have heard of it. Yeah. They, they yep. if you asked people to define it, they're wrong. Right. You know, a lot, a lot exactly. of the time. Yep. Um, it's, you know, it shows up on every, you know, uh, novel and movie and, and right. whatnot. Right. So so that's a, that is a, a fairly rare disorder. Okay. Uh, but uh, is it's treatable uh, with medications. Yep. And the issue becomes that when, when a patient's being treated for that, yep. they feel fine. Yep. And then when they feel fine, they don't want to take the treatment yep. anymore because it may have some side effects, yep. right? And I and
3: I brought up schizophrenia because it is a low incidence. And normally these people are, um,
2: you know. It is, but it's a high impact. It's a high impact. It's a high impact. Yeah. And so, most
3: of them are, are put in a facility. Well, no, I mean. Not, not always. No, okay. no, no, no. But let me give you the four that are the most common. Right anxiety disorders, right, for sure. major depression, yep. post-traumatic stress disorder, and bipolar disorder. Okay. Those are the big ones, Dr. Mark. You want to address some of those? Well,
2: th- those are the, the most yep. common. I was going to say mm-hmm. that that on impact side and on like visual picking out, you know, because we, we all are exposed to uh, increasing issues with homelessness. Yes. And even though only 1% of mental health... Yep. Issues are schizophrenia yep. in that population it's a much higher yep. a much higher area Bipolar it. disorder during periods of when there's an issue they they too yep. can fall into that bucket.
3: well, it's estimated that between three and six million people in America are undiagnosed bipolar disorder
2: right and and both schizophrenia and bipolar mm-hmm. disorder are typically you don't you don't have a mild case. Okay, I mean, you have either either, have it or you don't. You either have a case that is being controlled and managed or not controlled or managed, whereas in anxiety and depression, it's incredibly common. And you can have a more minor case and then a a very major case. Right. So it's really they're they're really so, so different. And also understand that just because you have one doesn't mean you can't have another. Yep. Right. And and yep. that 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 becomes an issue yep. with with treatment. I mean, this is yep. way complicated, Larry. Oh, and, way complicated. And I think the the only real takeaway answer yep. for the yep. for the mental health awareness yep. month is that if you or a loved one or someone that you you hang yep. hang out yep. with is yep. struggling, getting the message that the help is out there. It's That's easy right. to get. That's right. Coverage is easy. Yep. You you just need to get entered into the system and get started because. Yep. None of these things, these actual disorders, Mm -hmm. they actually don't just go away without some effort. And it doesn't necessarily mean you need a medication, but you need to have it addressed. You need to have that that therapy. And, And again, it goes
3: back to when you look at the bigger picture, see something, say something. But then one of the things that we try to do on this show, Dr. Mark, is what's the real answer? Take time for people. Do something for someone. It'll not only help you. It'll help that other person.
2: Absolutely, Larry. Absolutely.
3: Great show today. Yep. Enjoyed being with you.
2: See you next week.
1: Thank you for joining us today on Healthcare Now. To find the answers you are looking for or have a question, you can reach Larry and Dr. Mark by emailing your questions and comments to follow us at healthcarenow.us. And we'll continue our discussion same time next week on navigating our complex healthcare system on Healthcare Now. On Healthcare Now.